everyone. I'm Caspi Bias, and you're listening to Adulting 101, the podcast. This show covers all you need to know about how to survive adulthood and life after college. As companies continue to slowly open up after COVID-19, for some young professionals, they may be planning on getting more into the field soon. But what exactly is corporate America like, and how can they grow in the industry if they wanted to? Here to discuss with me more about the field is Cynthia Jenkins. Cynthia is a project manager and learning and IT developer in Atlanta. She's also a coach for young professionals and the author of the book, Millennial Moves, Fearless and Focused, now on Amazon. Her book helps show young professionals how they can grow in their career. Hi, Cynthia. Hi, Cassie. Thank you so much for inviting me on your podcast show. I still appreciate how you captured our video for the ATV conference. You are just incredible. Thank you, Cynthia. I wanted to talk to you about your book. What would you say was the most important lesson you learned in writing your book? That all generations, they all desire positive career experiences. They all want to be successful. They want to be in a position to financially provide for their families. And even if I've read all this information on different generations and what millennials are supposed to be or what the boomers are supposed to be or Gen Xers, I'm still going to ask the question about what is your individual career goal, right? Because individualization is key to sustainable programs. And it's important for me to remain open to that level of communication to continue building understanding. Instead of saying, well, a millennial wants to work remotely, well, not all of them want to work remotely. Some of them want to come into the organization. They like being on a team and being a part of something. So ask them, what does a positive career experience look like for you? Where do you see yourself in this organization? What can you be, you know, for the company or the organization? And then they'll start explaining what that looks like for them. And that's where you get creative and how you create that programming. Right, exactly. We're all unique. So we should definitely try developing programs that will reflect that. Yes, specificity is important. So, Cynthia, let's get a little bit more into today's topic. We are jumping right into it. What advice do you have for young professionals who are seeking a job in corporate America? Develop your vision and mission statement. It does require some deep thinking. And this is not something very complex. It's a one-pager that I use to coach clients because it just kind of outlines the framework of their journey. Outline your economic goals. How much do you need to live? When people come to you with opportunities, you'll know if it falls within what you need to live. How you stand out. That would feed into your performance. How you're able to execute within any company or within your own company. Um, What customers do you serve? How do you view responsibilities to your stakeholders? That would really speak to follow through, your attitude, accountability. And then what skills do you have or need to learn? All of that, um, when I'm coaching clients, that's all captured within one page. And it helps them when they're going on interviews to speak to their values and how that aligns possibly with the organization or with the company that they're building. So they stay within their frame of values and their future goals. So it sounds like before trying to get a job in corporate America, you have to understand not only how you can bring benefits to potential companies, but also what path you would like to take. 
other advice for those seeking a job in corporate would be to continue developing skills you would use in corporate. A great resource would be LinkedIn Learning, for example, where you can learn certain things or subjects on emotional intelligence, communication, confidence posing, things like that. Yeah, LinkedIn's a very definitely a good resource for learning and growing. If you can't find a position thus far for those who are still looking, look into internships with companies that you want to work for, rather than just entry-level roles. The role will be more short-term, but you'll still have your foot in the door and can only move up from there. Be sure to get involved and find roles through different networking organizations. I actually met Cynthia through the Atlanta Black MBA Association here in Atlanta, and I'm also involved in En-ROADS as well. En-ROADS is a program that helps those within diverse backgrounds get more into corporate America. That's actually how I got my first corporate opportunity outside of college. Sherm Atlanta, TAG, ATD, all of them are supported by corporate professionals. Some of them have programs just to meet with the recruiters and talk with them as well. So please avail yourselves of that in your vision and mission statement. Definitely. I would recommend also taking that digital route of reaching out to people on LinkedIn, calling them up, inviting them to virtual coffee, things like that. Even reaching out to talent acquisition people on the platform, as far as LinkedIn, and show you're available. Do you have any advice for young professionals who are looking to further advance? Let's say they're already in the company, but they're looking toward higher roles or even management level roles. What will be your tips or advice toward that? It's great to have a mentor because I did have a mentor when I was in the onboarding role. And we talked probably weekly about future goals and these are some opportunities and what you are to expect there. She's very transparent with that. So that's so important to have someone like that that you can trust that already knows where you're going, right? Especially if they're in the same company, they have an idea about the culture, if it's different from your department, and they can prepare you mentally or with skill sets. All of that is important, especially as you grow higher. If you want to be a manager, if you want to manage direct reports, um, have a good mentor to talk that out with before you make those moves as well. Right. A mentor is yet another person who can help you move up in the company. And they can not only provide helpful advice, but when they're networking, they can do what advocates do and let people know who you are and that you're looking for different opportunities as well. It's awesome you can find that. Uh, mentors and advocates. Another word for advocate is sponsor. They serve in both capacities because sometimes they're in meetings that you're not in and maybe they're talking about future roles that you may not know of, but they know of your skill sets so they can recommend. You can also see how high you can advance by talking to other individuals. See what other opportunities there are by talking with those who are in the room, who are in those higher positions, through going to BRGs or business resource groups. They're kind of like extracurricular groups, only they help you to professionally develop. Let's get into things to watch out for in corporate America. Some employees have bosses that constantly feel the need to check in on you and refuse to let you do your job on your terms. Cynthia, do you have any advice on how to work well with the micromanaging boss? Thank you so much, Caspi. My heart goes out to anyone that has to deal with such a challenging culture, because that is culture that could happen in any organization. Micromanagement, those type of things are more about the manager. Maybe you could look for ways to communicate 
or report production in a way that builds trust. Use as many visuals, project management tools as you can. You can even ask them, how do you prefer for me to communicate status production to you so I can keep you in the loop because that's important to me that you understand that we're getting things done. Other friends within my circle will tell you to build alliances with other superiors. If the person in front of you is the person that's maybe a bully or micromanager, so the organization can see you are making some contributions. For bullies specifically, HR is a resource. But you, I think you have to decide if you can mitigate the situation. You know, so I don't tell anyone to quit because some people can't afford to quit. <laughs> they have responsibilities to take care of. Um, do you have a plan if it doesn't work out? For example, if you talk to them about what respect looks like, right? If you already had that conversation and you gave it a time frame to see if it does change, what's the exit strategy? Do you have other alliances you've already worked with? Maybe another department you can go to so that you can stay within the organization but still be mentally healthy and productive and feel good about coming in. Right. And again, with BRGs, different organizations, networking, making an effort of meeting others in their teams gives you a plus on finding out what other opportunities there are out there for you if you do find yourself getting bullied or micromanaged. Yes, actually, because we want you to be happy when you come in, not stressed or anxious, because when you're like that, you it's hard to focus on being inventive and excellence. It is. So you have to decide what can I persist in and mitigate, you know, if I can stay here or do I have other choices to make? What tips or advice would you have toward employees who compare themselves to each other? Managers comparing their quality of work to other managers, specialists comparing how well they're doing at their job compared to another specialist, even interns being competitive with each other. It's just a human tendency to do that, to compare to each other, you know. But here's where you can go back to your mission and vision statement to see what your goals are and to see if comparing yourself to that person is helping you move closer to your goals. I remember adopting that mindset, especially in sales. The manager or director would give you a strategy or would give you your task, what you would be responsible for. So within that environment, it was even more important to focus on what you need to be doing. You don't have time to focus on other people, right? But if you do focus on other people, I hope you'll be supportive and encouragement and commend them for this moves or the successes they are creating. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Here's a tough one. Asking questions. Now, I myself have had situations like this. There may be some instances where young professionals as employees may feel the need to ask questions. It's definitely expected when you're starting out in a new role, but this question is even geared toward those who are even in management positions. They still want to ask questions, but they may feel unintelligent because they don't know the answers. Do you have any tips or advice on having the courage to speak up and voice your questions? I think questions are a keys to clarity. And as a manager, a leader, director, you want people to feel comfortable to ask questions, right? Every time you raise your hand, you create an opportunity for growth for the other leaders. 
we don't want to you to be feel like you can't say something, right? And I'll give her credit. Charmaine Perry from Fulton County said, uh, it's always good to ask when you're working with different personalities, different generations, just different people, how are they experiencing you today? You are giving them what they need. As you move into higher levels, your questions will help a leader to communicate more clearly and personally. Right. Also sit with SMEs or, or specialists who specialize and have more expertise in different subjects that you may need more information on. So meeting up with them, perhaps weekly or biweekly, and asking them how they perform business, their quarterly results, what it all means, etc., just to better understand. And don't be afraid to stop them and ask them to explain further. That's what you need to grow and learn more about that subject or that field. So the next time you're in a meeting, you can be more informed about what all the different acronyms are, jargon. You can research and read up on different things on that specific field. But it can help, too, if you have someone to talk things through with to better build your understanding and fill you in on parts that you may not realize you didn't understand. When I first came into academics and onboarding, I remember the mentor, she gave me a virtual team. She said, sometimes I'm in meetings a lot. You may not be able to get me, but here's a virtual team that you can go to for questions. And so when I had my own team, I also designated people for them to go to. If you can't get me, because we have 14 people here, and I'm here, there, here, there, um, you can always go to this person, because they know exactly what to do. They can help you with this, with your LMS, or with your content, or getting your classes set up. This person can help you. So that's also, too, give them a go-to person, just in case you are busy in a meeting all the time, (laughs) because they still want to be productive, right? You want to be productive. Give them someone else as a support as well. And it's a way to build relationships within an organization, too. And if I might interject one thing here, I just thought about it. The majority of my life, I've worked in flexible work structures. And I know a lot of companies are struggling with it right now and looking for ways to create success. These companies really encourage employees to spend time in the community and with family. So boundaries are a must. Maybe for couples, they need different work locations within the house. Children, they need a place where they can go and get their schoolwork done. If they're still working or attending school virtually, parents can put a sign on the door. This is my schedule for working. Kids can have their sign. But then they can still get together for lunch or for dinner. But all those things nurture that type of inclusive environment. Thank you, Cynthia. Thank you so much for participating on our call today. And as always, thank you, audience, for listening. I'm Caspi Bias. See you next time.